Hey everybody, welcome back to a, another episode of Leveling Up. It is your host, Brigham Blackham, and I'm here with one of my good friends, Preston Harmon. We were in a play together in 2019. We were in Newsies. He's a great actor. He's a great uh, businessman, and I just want to help him launch his uh, his coaching practice into the stratosphere because I, I, I think the world of this guy. Really grateful to have him. Uh, on as a guest, and when we were speaking, was that two weeks ago now? Uh, sharing what his goals are and how excited he is about life, and he's got this driven mindset. So we're going to be talking about how to increase your mindset so you can go and increase some of the value that you are producing in the world. And we're going to find ways that we can pattern prog- uh, progression. And we're going to just dive straight into it. So Preston, tell us a little bit of your origin story in business. I know you're a great dancer, but how did you, you know, get those moves into the business world? No, no, man. Um, I appreciate it. Dude, 2019, it feels like 10 years ago, but it also feels like yesterday. It's wild. Oh, man, it goes by so fast. Um, I, I, I think... I've always, I mean, I mean, you know, cause you're a performer yourself. I've always just liked to interact with people, perform, show. Um, but you know, as you get older, you start to realize life's more, more than just about getting attention on stage, which is what I think I wanted when I was a kid, right? I just wanted to be seen. Yeah. But you are. realize, you realize as you grow up, life's about, life's about progressing, life's about loving, life's about interacting. And so I just, connected that little boy inside of me that wanted to be seen and express and talk with the adult inside of me that says, man, life's about something more. It kind of brought them together. And that's what's brought me to business and to self, self-development and, and, you know, uh, coaching. I love it. So you said you, you recently started your coaching practice and, and you have a, a unique methodology that you go about uh, using to equip people. So tell us a little bit about your your methodology and your philosophy when it comes to coaching? It's a great, great, great question. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot. And, and you realize once you're a coach and once you start into this, you realize how much more you have to learn as you're doing it too. So like, I'll share a little bit of what I have right now, but it's interesting because the more you go, the more you learn. I'm, I'm reading a book right now called, um, the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And it's funny, this guy wrote this 20 years ago, his name is John C. Maxwell, but he did a redo of it and he kind of updated it. And it's just, it's amazing to to hear this, you know, 60, 70 year old man talk about how much he wants to change in this book after just 20 years, because he's got so much to learn, right? So I'm the same way, but right now, methodology and and, um, what I'm really trying to do is just, help people. There's a, there's a really good quote. I I know I'm trying to think of the quote in my mind, but um, there's a, there's a space in in between stimulus and response. There is a space. And in that space relies your ability to respond or react. And in your response or reaction lies your destiny or or lies your um, results. I'm not saying the quote perfect. That's so good. But basically what it is, is, there's stimulus things that happen to us and there's our response to it. And in between that is a space that helps us determine what we're going to do. And the issue with, I think nowadays society is that space is very small. Mm. A lot of time we, we have a, a stimulus, we have something happen to us 
And because we don't know a lot or we don't have a lot of information or a lot of experience, we immediately hop to that response and we just do something. And so my goal as a coach, my methodology, if you will, is to help expand that space or that information or that knowledge with anyone I speak to so that when something happens to them, they have all this more information and almost, if you will, time, even though literally time doesn't expand for them, their ability to think and, and have more information of how to respond is expanded. So therefore the responses in their life are better and the results of their entire life are better because that knowledge and information, that space has been expanded. And that's kind of my focus right now. And I think being willing to recognize the difference between just a reaction and a response. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I used to be a goalkeeper. I don't know. I, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but I, I was a goalkeeper in, in high school. I, I played all four years on varsity and there's a difference between reacting to someone kicking the ball and responding. Mm. If you respond, you are assessing all of the situations and you are using what your body tells you to do in that moment. However, if you, if you react, that's when someone doing like a pump fake in basketball, that's what happens. They'll jump and then they, the guy gets an open shot. Right. The difference is, are you paying attention to what your stimulus is, what the circumstances are, and then using your, your knowledge, the tools and the skill set that you've developed to be able to differentiate, is this the appropriate response for this stimulus? Right. Right. And, and I love it because it's, it's not like, it's not like your time has changed when you're on that field mm -hmm. and you know, you do, or not the field, the court, and they, they do a fake response. It's not like, it's not like it took any less time for them to react or respond at that moment. It just takes the knowledge and the wisdom and the practice of being ready for that, that changes your response to it rather than your reaction to it. And so it's just, it really is. People think so much that it's all about time and all about um, circumstances being different, but no, it's, it's all about your mind and your understanding being different. You know? I think that, that's key. Now, when we're talking about mindset, we, we wanted to really dive into this driven mindset. You've got a, a program that you're putting together and it's coming up quick, but tell us a little bit more about how we increase our drive, what this driven mindset is in your own words. Yeah. So, so for man, maybe eight years now, I I've heard, I first heard this, um, phrase. Well, actually it's interesting. I heard the, the phrase that I was introduced to eight years ago. I was, I was serving a, a religious mission out in New Jersey mm -hmm. and, um, the, the motto for our, our mission, our group of missionaries or teachers was committed to become and it was God's instrument committed to become God's instrument or that. committed to become whatever you want to be in your life. Right. Um, and so every day we would talk about that phrase committed to become, and what does it mean to be rather than just do? And are we really committed to doing that? And I just always loved that during those two years I was out there. And when I came home, I, Something I, I love what you just said about response and reaction. There is so much detail to semantics in life. Yeah. Being able to, to know the difference between two words or study them makes a big difference. And so semantically speaking, 
I took this, this motto, uh, committed to become God's instrument, and I applied it to my life and I decided this is going to be my life motto. But I studied a little bit more and I tried to like define what does the word become mean? What does the word committed mean? And I don't, I don't remember the definition of committed, but I looked up synonyms for committed and one of them was driven. And I, I remember defining committed and defining driven. And I just remember the definition of the word driven being so like, man, that is a, that's a great word. And so the actual definition of the word driven, which is kind of starting to answer your question here now, I've taken a big detour, is relentlessly compelled by the need to accomplish something. Mm. Relentlessly compelled by the need to accomplish something. That's great. And those words are powerful. Relentless, um, compelled by the need, not just the want, the need to accomplish and I just loved all of those words. And I was like, man, Preston Harmon, are you relentlessly compelled by the need to accomplish something? And what is it that you're compelled and relentless about in your life right now? And so anyway, um, that's where my phrase, my, the name of my company, Driven to Become, has come from. That's kind of the, the beginnings of it. And that's where it's gotten to now. And so my goal is to you know, you see so many people talk about their, their goals, their ambitions, their desires. And oftentimes either the desires aren't as big as they want it to be, or as it should be, or they just aren't relentless about it. They aren't compelled by it yet. And that's, that's something that needs to be learned is to learn to be driven and how to, how to learn that. I love that. So let's, let's maybe do a little modeling. Let's pretend like you have someone that doesn't have that that compulsion to go and be driven how do you you know obligate to motivate how do you help them help themselves what are mm. you what are some of the the ways that you you actually get that fire under them so that they they feel that that drive that you're talking about yeah great question um two things come to my mind well first of all you have to fully understand what it is you want in the first place i think a lot of people um want to accomplish something or they say, man, I, I want a lot of money, man, I want a great relationship, man, I want this or that. But way too often, Brigham, people don't really understand the depths of what they want. They label it as I want a great relationship. Okay. But what does that mean? And sometimes, you know, people can take, if that's level one, a great relationship, sometimes people can take it to level two and say, well, a great relationship means I want you know, great communication or a great, you know, intimate life or a great uh, religious relation. They, they can have these surface level ideas too. And that's still second level. But we need to go to a third, fourth and fifth level and say, okay, but what does a religious life look like to you? What does communication skills in a relationship look like to you? You want a good relationship that involves communication, but what does good communication look like? Meaning, how do you communicate best? What are your love languages? What are your, you know, how do you respond in a tough circumstance when you communicate? How do you respond in an easy circumstance when you communicate? And so that's step one, in my opinion, Brigham, is getting deeper with anyone who says they want something rather than just saying, okay, you want, you want a great relationship. Let's focus on it and do it. Yeah. It's 
okay, you want a good relationship. Well, Brigham or so-and-so let's, let's find out what a good relationship is to you. Yeah. What are, what are your relationships like right now? Why is this relationship good? Why is this one bad? What do you want out of your relationships? Good communication. Okay. Well, what's good communication to you? What are experiences? Do you know what I mean? So first of, of everything, Brigham, I think it means going deep, deeper, 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 deeper into who you are and what you want. I think that's step one to finding your drive. I love that. And it, it sounds like this is not something that you do in one day. There is multiple steps to recognize what your true desire is. Uh, there's a there's multiple leaders that I've experienced this with, but one of them recently, I was talking to him yesterday with Sean Moore. He taught me this seven whys exercise. Tony Robbins talks about it, peeling the onion. Uh, the more you say, why do I want that? And you you mirror what your question was. Say, all right, you want a great relationship. Well, why why do you want a great relationship? And then you answer that in as much detail as you can. And then you you have this next layer like, well, why do I want that? And you're opening up areas in your desire. And there is something that happens when you go deep enough, you'll be able to clearly articulate whether or not that thing is something you actually want or something that society has has placed on you. So can you talk to that point a little bit? How do you differentiate what, what someone actually wants in comparison to what society is pushing onto us? Yeah, no, I love what you just said, Brigham. Um, to, to build on what you just said, I, so there's this incredible book, like truly to me, it it is, in a way, scripture. It is. It is. It is like it's amazing. But it's by a man named Napoleon Hill. Really good man. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking of what you said, as you go deeper, you start to figure that out. What that does, and I'll read this quote too. But what that does is it it increases your desire as you understand, as you ask those deeper questions. It increases that desire, and as the definition of driven, it increases that relentlessness, that need to accomplish it. The way he talks about it is think of driven as the same word as persistence, right? He says, lack of persistence or drive is a weakness uh, common to the majority of men. It is a weakness which may be overcome by effort, or in other words, digging deeper, right? The ease with which lack of persistence may be conquered, may be overcome, will depend entirely upon the intensity of one's desires. Mm. Um, the starting point of all achievement is desire. If you find yourself lacking in drive, persistence, this weakness may be remedied by building a stronger fire under your desires. And so as, as you were saying that, that quote just came to my mind and I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's what digging deeper does is it gives us bigger fire, bigger desire, bigger x y and z which increases our drive and our persistence which gives us more capacity to actually accomplish what we've been wanting to so anyway that that just great great response now i i have a, a question when when you have helped someone discover that oh what i originally thought that i wanted is no longer what i want and they've slightly shifted how do you help them rekindle that fire and sometimes you feel like you have to start over but how do you help them rekindle the true fire the thing that is their their life force the thing that they really want out of life rather than what other people are saying they should have or what other 
uh, you know, books say that you should do this, you should do that, you should do this, then you should all over yourself. Help us understand how to. I know what that sounded like. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, help us understand how to direct, uh, direct not just ourselves, but but maybe others that that follow us as well. That's a great question. Let me let me repeat the question back to you to make sure I understand, and then have you clarify with me one more time. But it, you're asking basically if someone ends up finding out that what they thought they wanted isn't what they wanted, how do they? figure it out figure out what they do want or or how do they not just figure out they, what they do want but relight that fire to what their true desire is yeah great question um again multiple thoughts come to mind there's an, another incredible book by a man this man named napoleon hill the same so this book's called think and grow rich he has another book called outwitting the devil um do you have that book is that why you're looking around i was like i've got it back yeah, actually, no, it's um, but but think and grow rich, or sorry, outwitting the devil. He talks about the difference between a drifter and a non-drifter, mm. and he basically goes on to to say ninety eight percent of us here on Earth are are living a drifter life, or the way you described it, Brigham, doing what other people want us to do, doing what society tells us to do. That is a drifter mindset. We're basically just drifting through life, doing what society or our friends or what we've learned as a child tells us to do. And so in this, he talks about the, the way to shift from drifter to non-drifter and how we do that and what those differences are. But um, to answer your question, how do we help someone rekindle that fire? How do we help someone? Honestly, I think the biggest first step is yet again, helping them realize where they're at now so not only helping them realize what their desire are and digging deeper with questions and and there's there's tons of practices i know of that i that i do with people there's there's you know worksheets that people do a writing writing down your feelings and your thoughts makes a big difference um and even in in think and grow rich it talks about auto suggestion or as we would call nowadays affirmations all of those things make a big difference but helping them to rekindle or or and I, I like the fact that we use the word rekindle because what's true is that when you were a child you had these natural desires all of us did kids are so creative so imaginative they have this fire within them even if they're a shy child versus a a super outgoing child both children all children have this fire so it truly is a rekindling of wiping this drifter mindset wiping what society has put on us which comes by understanding and and that goes back to what i said at the very beginning brigham is there's a space between stimulus and response that space needs to be expanded through understanding through study through communication through coaching and doing that in my opinion is what helps rekindle to answer your question how do we get these people that maybe realize this isn't what I want, this is what I want. How do we kindle that? By expanding their knowledge through reading, writing, um, affirmations, a lot of different activities that I do with those that I coach and say, okay, let's ask some questions. Let's write some things down. Let's do some affirmations. That is what helps them understand and rekindle the fire to what they really want. Love it. 
Well, that just reminded me of one of my very favorite things. This is also by Napoleon Hill. He talked about the self-confidence self-confidence formula. Yeah. Uh, this is from Think and Grow Rich. And it's something that I, I come back to all the time. This theory of auto-suggestion. Sometimes our programming based on our environment is faulty. And we we you know have these stories that we tell ourselves. But if we can actually step back and and observe whether that story is serving us or not then we can start to articulate where we want to go in our life and we can change what our definiteness of purpose is. Now, one of the things that I, I love about Napoleon Hill is he talks about this idea of being clear with not just how much money you want to make, but how much value you're going to create, the sacrifices you're willing to put in. And then uh, there has to be an exchange of value. So talk to us a little bit about how you personally have found your definiteness of purpose. And what, yeah. what you do to help others find theirs. I love that. And, and those that are listening that maybe don't know of this confidence formula, I wanna I wanna expand what you just said too, because it is amazing. And what 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 I think you're talking about, Brigham, if I'm hearing mm -hmm. you right, and from my understanding of the book, is that in this this confidence formula, he has you read these affirmations, right? But when Brigham was talking about this exchanging of value, exchanging of what it says is uh, Napoleon Hill talks about he fully realizes that there's no wealth or position that can endure long unless built upon true things, truth and justice. And so then he talks about, I will succeed by attracting the forces I wish to use, and I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, and cynicism by developing love for all humanity. Um and, and I, I, I love that, Brigham. I love that idea that it, it really isn't just about getting what you want. It's about giving it back. And that, that is a huge thing to life. You know, people always have those shirts that say L-O-V-E, or they have these themes that talk about loving others, or, you know, we just don't understand as much of what that means until we actually start studying and, and expanding that space. Anyway, that was kind of just going with what you said, but what was, if I'm not answering your so, question, no, I, what I was think you're, you're, you're definitely getting there. Now, when, when you have someone that is struggling with their purpose, their yes. definiteness of purpose, what, what do you do to help them find that? Right. It's a great question. Um, what comes to my mind immediately are these, the, I think the most important thing in all communication, in all, um, maybe even in just all life itself, <laughs> um, is the importance of questions. And so honestly, as you ask me that question, um, I, all I can think of are these, so I have these worksheets, conversations, Therapy, people go to therapy, which I'm not, an, you know, a, a legal therapist, but that's in essence what a lot of a coach does is help people walk through their mind. But the way that they help them walk through their mind and hopefully run through their mind at different times is by asking those good questions. So you ask, how do you help people find that purpose? I'm not really the one, I guess, I guess we are the ones helping them find it, but in no way am I or should any other coach or therapist or person find your purpose with you. It should simply be you finding your purpose or refinding it because of that little child inside. All, all I do as a coach and all that 
true facilitators should do to help is ask the right questions. And I think that's what it all comes down to. And that just made me think of this, this idea that when someone comes to, to us, like, hey, we want to get better at whatever it is that we're trying to do. We understand what they're trying to accomplish. And then it's just like a slab of marble being smacked in front of us. Like, all right, now, where do you want to go? Why do you want to go there? And we ask these questions. We, we take those slabs and we take the big chunks away. Because you mm. thought about it. it wasn't just, hey, I want to do good. It was, I don't want to do bad anymore. I don't want envy in my life. I don't want hate in my life. And you cut away those elements until what's left is what was there the whole time, but more beautiful, more polished. The, the rough edges are getting hewn. And wherever we start, whether that's we, we've got most of the statue done and we just need to get the arms and the legs finished, wherever we start, it, it doesn't matter. What it is is where are we going? And I think the power of a coach is in recognizing we can help you get to where you want to go. And sometimes people hold on to their past so much that that they're like, oh, but I, I can't take that next step. That's not 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 the verbiage, right? We want to say you can. And how do you encourage them to actually be willing to do that? Yeah. So, Preston, if we if we can wrap Can I can I yeah, can I ahead. add something really yeah, quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a woman I've been working with who um I love the way you said it. It's a slab of marble and sometimes you have to cut out hatred, envy, whatever. It's interesting. Sometimes it's easier for certain people to find their purpose just by asking the questions, what do you want? What do you love? What means a lot to you? But for this specific woman I'm thinking of and for many others, it's not, sometimes it's not as easy to say, what is it that you want or desire or are passionate about? Sometimes because they have drifted for so long as it, as Napoleon Hill speaks of, or in other words, as they have, you know, um, unconsciously and unintentionally, you know, buried this little girl or little boy, this fiery passion inside of them, as they've buried that person, it's not as easy to ask, what is it that you want? Instead, you sometimes have to start by cutting out, like you said, the things that you don't want. What is it, Brigham, that you don't want to accomplish? What is it, Brigham, that you don't like about your life? What is it about your job that you really don't enjoy? And as you start to cut out the things you don't want, you start to see what you do want more. And so it's, you know, they hear, they hear stories of people that say, they, I, they asked them what they wanted. They just knew it right there. And, you know, I've worked with those people, but I've also worked with this, this woman and other people that say, I don't really know what I want. I think I like this. I think I like this. Okay, well, so and so, what is it that you don't like about your life right now? What is it that you, you know what I mean? And so that's why questions are again so important. Is questions are different for everyone. And Preston, I, I love that. It it makes me think of a scripture, and it it's just that opposition is created in all. There's opposition in all things, mm. and if if we are willing to recognize the good, there's also going to be evil, and we want to to recognize where do we want to be. And sometimes we have to have that pain hit us to realize the vehicle we're in not be the one that's going to serve us the best. Uh, it could be that we're in the right vehicle, but we don't have the fuel. It could be that we are under, like, we're ill-equipped. We're driving through a snowstorm in a Beamer. And we're like, this is the wrong vehicle for this situation. And we may have to get out of that vehicle, get into a different vehicle. 
and get the snow tires on that truck and be able to go where we want to go. Like, hey, I want to go to the top of this mountain. You're not going to do it in a Beamer very effectively. Right. right? Yeah. We need to figure out one, where we want to go, why we want to go there, and then where do we not want to go? And sometimes it's it's that balancing act, finding what, what's working, what's not, and then doing those SWOT analyses, right? Is that the right word? Analysis? <laughs> analysis? Now- whatever the SWOT analysis of your life personally business where where your strengths or weaknesses and being honest with ourselves sometimes we we put on these facades I know I've done this before I'm sure other people have as well we put on this facade like hey I have to be perfect to want to achieve my goals guys perfection is a logical fallacy we're human beings and all of us have in inherent dreams and goals and abilities. And if we're in the right vehicle, we can start to, to accomplish some amazing things. So any thoughts on that? I, I don't know. I talked for a little while, but did you have any thoughts pop up before I ask you the next question? No, I, I, I mean, I just echo what you said. It, it's so true. We, we, we so often are stuck in the how to's and in the, well, so, so some of us are stuck in the, what we want, like, do I want this? Do I want that? Okay. What don't I want? And then sometimes we do figure out, Oh, I want a Beamer. And I also want to get to the top of this mountain. Okay. But how do I get to the top of this mountain? And be- Well, how do I do that? And then we get so caught up in the house mm-hmm. that so often us as humans, we just get stuck in, we just get stuck. We get stuck drifting in what I want, or we get stuck drifting in how I get there. When really it's like, dude, you don't have to perfectly know what you want or perfectly know how you're going to, you just got to go. I mean, like, like Nike says, just do it, just go. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's a great, great motto. So I love what you said. I echo it. It's true. Just do it and do it and do it until the job gets done. That's yeah. my favorite little sayings. So one of the things I think of when we're talking about just do it is you still need a, a destination. This is brought up in uh, James Allen's book, uh, As a Man Thinketh, that if you have mm-hmm. a share, and it doesn't have a destination. The purpose of the ship is not being served. It's just going to float around. It'll eventually be, be marooned on a desert island. You know, it'll get it'll drift dashed against the rocks. It'll drift. But when we have that definiteness of purpose saying, I don't know how, I just know that the why is really big. I want to get to London or I want to get to Taiwan, wherever it is that you your ship is, is going to be. You set sail and then you keep adjusting uh your sail for for that direction the winds will change you just a, a shift that sail and eventually you'll get there and you need to really understand where you're at because if you don't know where you're at even though you know where you're going you're still going to be drifting because you don't have the orientation so talk to us about uh, a little bit how you orient yourself maybe a daily routine what are the things that you do day in day out that have helped you become who you are today and where you're going to be going in the future. It's a great, great question. Um, let me clarify again. Is your question specifically thinking of the, are you asking what is my destination? Are you asking how do we find a destination? Are you asking once we do have one, how do we get there? What exactly would you say? Let's say, what do you do day in, day out to make sure that you're on track? Okay. Great question. Um, I have a vision. Uh, that's, that's how I, that's how I get there. 
Um, so I, I recently had this really incredible experience with a couple people. One of my one of my partners, coworkers, is named Tony Child, a huge speaker here in Utah. Love him to death. Great man. Um, I'm doing this program of his, and one of the trainings we received a few weeks ago was about vision and mechanics mm. and the difference and importance of both. Um, and we said, they, they asked us, and I would love to ask, you know, the audience listening or, or even you, um, what, what percentage of importance do the mechanics of getting to a goal versus the vision of the goal how how important percentage wise out of a hundred are each of these? And you know, people start raising their hand. Um, 50, 50, it's, it's 50% just as important to know how we're going to get there as it is to know where we're going. Some people said like, you know, 20, 80, you need to have at least 20% of your vision, but you've got to know how you're going to get there. That's really important. Anyway, the, the, the long answer short is it is a hundred percent vision, 0% mechanics. Hmm. And I thought, well, what? You've got to know how you're going to do something. You can't just you can't just see it and then expect it to happen. But Brigham, I, as you say, what are some of the habits or or things in my life that I'm doing? Even just since that a couple weeks ago, I think I've changed my whole perspective on life. Um, people have a different way of phrasing this. Um, during our training, they called it pings. I've also heard it talk, uh, talked about as um, your other self and think and grow rich. Some people talk, it, talk about it as if it's the universe or, you know, here in Utah, we often hear about it like inspiration or revelation. People call it whatever they will, but whatever they believe to be the higher power, that is essentially what I've decided to live my life of now is Preston, do you have your vision and do you 100% put your focus on that? If that is the case, then you have to believe within yourself naturally as you just, just do it, as you just go for it, that these inspirations, these pings, these opportunities will present themselves to you and you will get there. So... I guess that would be the answer to your question is, is what are the things I do daily? I remember my vision. Where is it I want to go? Whether it's, you know, in a month and a half from now, I have this event. I want 500 people there or whether it's long-term, you know, long-term, I want to have an amazing family with five kids and this and this. You can look short-term or long-term visions, but you have to have your vision and be utterly committed to it. And as long as I repeat that to myself every morning and know that, and then I go throughout the day having that in my mind, I really believe those opportunities will present themselves. I love it. And then what I think is interesting there is it's, it's clarity of your vision saying, this is where I'm going. And as the opportunity pops up, you can assess, does that fit into my vision? No, it doesn't. Just let it pass. This opportunity pops up. Does that fit in my vision? Yes, it does. Fantastic. That's another stepping stone to get to that next place. And if you don't have that clarity of vision, there's so many opportunities that will actually derail us. And we lose time. We lose energy. We lose effort. We maybe get in the wrong vehicle with a friend that's taking us to Vegas when we're like, I'm going to Taiwan. This is not productive, even though it's still a fun trip. Yeah. 
we have to remember what that vision is. And if we don't have that vision, anybody can create their own vision. Anyone can create their own dream. The power of a coach is to ask you some questions that are hard because the coach is not going to do the work for you. I, I think that's something that uh, you, you see in sports a lot, right? You'll, you'll have a great coach. And instead of uh, them, you know, moving the arms of the players, they say, here's the drill that's going to make, make this become second nature so that when it's, you know, three seconds to the end of the game and you have the ball in your hand, you are no longer thinking it has now become completely dependent upon your, your body and your reflexes and the iterations that you've done day in, day out in those rehearsals. So let's, let's shift gear just slightly. Cause we only have a few more minutes. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I think is really, really awesome with young business uh, businesses and entrepreneurs is whatever the struggle is, whether it's an internal struggle, an external struggle, there is a, a drive to get through those around them, over them, through them. What have you done for yourself to be able to overcome obstacles, objections, challenges in your life? What are you doing to overcome those obstacles? A lot of things. Um, but uh, a couple big ones. One, definitely stay close. Two, love and take advantage of the people you are with. That comes with a, a, an asterisk to it. What's it called? Yeah. Well, asterisk. You're good. Asterisk. That comes with one to, with it that says, make sure you're around and you love and you're with the right people. Yes. Cause you know, if you're around the people that say, well, you know, you probably can't do that. Well, that's that, that is kind of a hard goal. If, if you know, you're going to go up to someone and say, Hey, I had this goal of, to have 200 grand by the end of the year. And you know, you're going to go up to someone who makes 50 grand and to them, they 200,000 is a ton. You just got to know and be prepared. Well, is going to that person really going to help encourage me and make me feel more confident that I can do this. And that doesn't mean cut those people. It doesn't mean hate those people. Does it? It just means like take advantage of, and if you don't have them find those that will encourage you and have the same desires or accomplishments mm. or lack of limits as you do. Cause like I said, in the world today, like Napoleon Hill says, we're all drifters and drifters have this very, well, we're not all drifters. Majority of us are drifters and all of us as drifters have these very limited mindsets and a non-drifter has to break through that mindset and find all of those that have that same breakthrough mindset. So that's the first thing. I'd say be around the right people. The second is what I already just said is have the vision and be committed to it. Just keep that vision. Remind yourself of that vision. Don't get caught up in the mechanics. When you find your mind going to, but how, but when, but what, how can I do? Cut yourself out of that. Say, wait, 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 wait. I don't need to worry about mechanics. What's my vision? This is what I want. I'm just going to go for it. Even if I don't know how I'm going to get there. So those would be the two things. I think this is key. I, I'm going to extrapolate and see if this is what, what you meant as well. Cause I, I might've heard it different than what you intended. Oh no, yeah. I love it. Please. So it's, it's not so much the how it's the who your, your friend group, your network is intrinsically tied to your net worth. That law of association works both ways. You can be guilty by association or you can go and create amazing value by association. 
if if we are associating with the wrong people, sometimes we need to cut that relationship out of our life. And I know that's hard. Maybe they're family members that are that are taking out uh, their self-limiting beliefs on you. And sometimes there's people that are you're very close to. Maybe you were best friends with them, or you had great relationships growing up, but that relationship is no longer serving you and your dreams and your vision. Mm-hmm. Every time you talk to them, they pull you down. Uh, there's a, a a book called The Energy Bus. And one of the laws on the energy bus is uh, don't uh, let energy vampires on the bus. Now, what an energy vampire is, is those people that whatever they do, they're they're sucking the lifeblood out of the party. They're sucking the lifeblood out of your vision. That is probably going to be one of the most important people to cut out of your life. And that's so hard for some people. But you think about like putting rocks in your backpack. You have too many rocks. Are you going to be able to climb the mountain? You, you're, you're, you're stopping yourself. But what if you have someone that's up in front of you that's got a rope and he's already been there, done that. He's farther ahead down the road. And he's like, hey, drop those rocks. Hold on to my rope. That's mm-hmm. the difference between encouragement and someone that weighs you down. So in business, if you could, if you could wrap this all up and say, this is why I do it. I do. Can you let us know what your, your why is the, the thing that keeps you going with your business, that deep inset reason that you're, you're in business, your sole purpose, what's your why in business? Yeah. Um, I'm going to answer this. I want to put one more, one more word to what you just said. Absolutely. I, as I, as I have been in this industry for the past five years, really focusing on self-development and learning. I've heard phrases like, it's hard to cut those people out or you need to cut those people out. And every time I've heard that, it's been really hard for me because I've always thought to myself, well, I don't want to cut anyone out of my life. Like I love the people in my life, even my drifter friends who aren't really motivated, who don't really do a lot. They just do the normal nine to five and they're kind of okay with it. I still love those people. And so my, 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 addition to what you just said too, is I think, and unless you disagree, I think what Brigham and I think what everyone else is saying when they say cut those people out is more so cut their um, emotional influence on your goals out. It doesn't mean don't ever talk to them again. It doesn't mean don't care about anything they say. It doesn't mean if they call you, ignore it or, oh, hey, what's up? okay, well, yeah, I could hang out sometime, but I don't really associate with you. No, to me, it just means like, maybe don't turn to them for advice about your business. Maybe don't turn to them when you're in a really hard time financially and you need ideas of how to accomplish your financial goals. You can still turn to them as a friend. You could still go get lunch with them. In fact, you could be the better influencer on their life. So I just, I just felt like I wanted to say that because so often when I would hear phrases like cut them out, I just, as a, as a little boy inside of me would always like as little kids, you always want to keep everyone. You always want to have your best friends around. And I think that's how we're meant to be as humans is always love, always embrace each other, always keep each other around, but, but don't, don't necessarily let us negatively influence each other. If that's what's going on. And turn layer to this this is something my mission president's wife sister her brought up that it's such a silly example but it pops into my head 
uh, she, her context was, uh, you know, how to overcome addictions, any type of addiction. She's like, well, if you have a white glove and you take that white glove off and you drop it in the mud, does that white glove and the influence of it being so clean help the mud get cleaner? Does right. it? Oh. Like, no, no. The, the glove actually gets muddy, not the mud get glovey. So sometimes, <laughs> uh, depending on the circumstances, uh, it's not that we don't associate with those people. It's that we need to have the right time and the right season. You need mud boots on. Right. Go and say, oh, this is where it is appropriate to go and hang out. Maybe they are your good friends from playing pickleball. I'm a pickleball guy. Go play pickleball with them. But if it's, hey, I'm going to a business conference, they are not going to be adding value. They'll, they'll be taking everybody maybe don't invite those guys. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it comes down to. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe the analogy isn't good to refer to them as mud, what I'm about to say. I, but I just but like, I'm going to wear mud boots mm -hmm. that time with them rather than gloves. And again, <laughs> I feel bad calling anybody I know mud, but I know that's not what you were doing either. Right. But, but the idea is true. Like you're going to wear different things with different people you're going to have different mindsets with different people, but that doesn't necessarily mean, hey, never play in the mud or never play pickleball or never go here. It just means when you do, do it in the right spirit, which is, I think, what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. And so I love it. There are certain times and seasons for everything. There's yeah. times to be goofy. There's times to poke fun at people. There's times to have a good time. There's other times to be serious and to be uh, business minded. Yeah. So we we get these social cues and eventually we we can recognize which people are going to help serve us and how who can we serve yeah i think that that's really the the point there it's not that any association is bad it's that how do we make sure we guard our time our energy and our effort and our vision because if if those people that you're surrounding yourself with are not supporting your vision and helping you get to that next step it's not that you cut them out completely. It's that you surround yourself with the right people that do encourage, that are up higher on that mountain, that have the rope and say, just hold on. I'm, I'm going to pull you because yeah. I'm going with you. Absolutely. Let's come back to this, this question of your why. Yeah. Yes. Why do you do what you do? Tell us a little bit deeper your, your why. What's your definiteness of purpose as a coach and in business? Um. Yeah, so I'm pulling this up. I... I love semantics. I, I and I, I love the word semantics. Like three years ago, I didn't even know what that word meant, and then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, semantics. That's a great. But it's the the meaning and the use of words. I love them. Every time I do study of anything, any book, any scripture, any speech I read, I always love having Siri nearby and asking her, "Hey, what does that mean?" Right. So just as driven, relentlessly compelled by the need to accomplish something, I think. Even more important than that word to me is the word become. Um, so I have it pulled up right here. Siri's telling me become means begin to be, grow to be, develop into, to qualify or be accepted as. Um, those are some of the words. And there's more too. Um, but my, my goal, my desire Dude, as I, as I do this, Brigham, it really is to see others become whatever it is they want to be. Um, 
And obviously my hope is that it's something good. And I think because all of us have an innate good spirit inside of us, I believe whatever anyone wants to be is good. So therefore I just want to help anyone and everyone become. So that's, <clears throat> that's my biggest satisfaction from doing this is once I speak with someone and I see them go from this place of maybe drifting or this place of uncertainty or this place of they don't know my purpose. Oh, did Brigham leave on accident? I think it's still recording. So I'm going to continue. Let's see if Brigham found the moon now. Uh-oh. Yeah, we got the mute on still. Sorry about that. My computer died. <laughs> but luckily, I was prepared with my backup. Good. Okay, good. So that's all right. Well, <laughs> I, 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 your thought. I, said, I don't know oh, if it I cut you know off immediately or not. But. You're good. You're good. But anyway, seeing someone go from where they were to something more, to, to who they want to be, that's my greatest satisfaction from doing this. That's why I do it. Um, not just because I want to I wanna see myself become who I want to be. But that is who I want to be, is someone that helps others become who they want to be. I have a brother right now who's, he's a nurse and he's amazing. And he, he's starting this pizza business thing. And yeah. like, I would love, and it would, it would invigorate me to see him five years from now, two years from now, have his own pizza business. Like, I just like would love that. This, this woman I was talking about earlier and other, other guys that I've worked with and um, seeing them go from this right now she used to be at this nine to five job that she really didn't like and all these things. And over the past year, she is now getting to this place where she's doing what she wants. She has her own free time. She's choosing how she gets income. She's choosing her skin. Like seeing that transformation. Oh, makes me so happy to see someone doing who, what they want and being who they want to be. That's what I get my love from. I love it. That honestly resonates really well with, with my why. I'm going to share my why with you. You ready? This is please. To, my, I strive to, to positively impact, inspire, and uplift everyone around me to have joy and reach their God-given potential as I reach mine. Mm, yeah. And as we are willing to, to live our very best, to do our very best, even though it's imperfect, even though the, the computer dies and you have to wait for 30 seconds for me to <laughs> log into my iPad. I entertained the audience for five oh, minutes. Perfect. I hope those jokes were great. You, you got the whole dance number, the yep, intermission. Yep. It was beautiful. Yeah, thank you. All of this, this comes down to, are we willing to be our very best? Because it's not about what we do. It, it really is about who we become, just like what we said. And if we can be just that, that next level for you to help you unearth that extra level of, of goodness that's inside of you, it's huge. Taking those big swaths of marble away so you can have the beautiful Greek goddess or God inside show forth. Man, the, that's part of what, what we're up to. And I, I know that, that we've got a lot of ideas, but it's not just about ideas. It's about implementation. So... Preston, tell us a little bit how you implement your vision, your why, into practice. We only have a few minutes left, but let, let me know. We've got like five minutes. Go ahead. It, it's exactly what we the, – the way I implement it is by letting it implement me. What I mean by that mm -hmm. is 
this idea of vision and mechanics, as I have my, my hundred percent focus and energy into vision, what I found out and what I learned at this, this, this conference and trainings that I've done is that we so often think that life's about having a goal and then making it happen. But wherever your faith is or belief is, the idea is maybe life actually is different than what we think. Maybe life treats us differently than we think. Maybe, maybe it's not so much about having a vision and making it happen, but having a vision and it presenting itself to us. For example, I've done many things, especially over the past few months, where as I've had my vision and I put that energy, I really do believe, Brigham, that there is an energy in this world, that there is, that there is literal flow of energy coming out of, off of our bodies that we can't see, a spiritual energy, if you will. And as our mind is sending out this spiritual desire, as our vision is 100% in our mind, as it sends out that energy, somehow, in some way, other people will feel that energy and act on it. Honestly, when you reached out to me, Brigham, to do this podcast, that to me was the world or God or, or these pings. That was my vision presenting itself to me. I put the energy out. I'm going to do amazing things. I'm going to have an incredible amount of people. I'm going to start to have success in coaching and business. And then when I put that energy out a hundred percent and I didn't focus on the mechanics, the mechanics presented themselves to me, which was you reaching out and saying, Hey, want to be on a podcast? There was another peop another person that reached out to me about being on their podcast. There's other things that have happened to me over the past few weeks that have brought themselves to me. And so my responsibility is one, um, have the vision and focus on it. 100% don't focus on the mechanics. And two, when it presents itself, take it, do it. Um, and so when you, that, that's kind of my, my question is rather than, rather than looking for it, accepting it. Nice. And basically recognizing what those opportunities are. Are they fitting into your vision? Yes, it does. Let's do the podcast. Right. And sometimes we, we are unprepared for those opportunities, but when we are prepared and the opportunity arises, that's when magic happens. And I, I can tell you were prepared for this, this podcast because you have things of value to share. Your, your story is, is really well developed and you, you have an opportunity to continually help more people. I think one of the things that, that I like about you, Preston, is you're, you're willing to, to share your insights and you're willing to open up and say, I'm not, I'm not perfect yet. I'm not the highest level yet, but I am here to help. I'm here to serve. And I, I can be a leader because I'm doing it for myself. I can help others along my way. And if you can be that, that catalyst for someone to become a little better, it's huge. So, well, and let me, yeah. let me say this one more thing too, and not to challenge what you're saying, but to yeah, put an address around it as well. I love it. Is, you, you mentioned be prepared, right? Sometimes you said that, uh, you know, you can tell I was prepared for the podcast, quite frankly, not at all. Like, obviously in a way I was, but I think what being prepared really means is just being willing, right? You know, 
I don't, I mean, in, in different ways, right? Like I'm obviously not prepared to go play for the NBA right now or go, go do certain things. Mm-hmm. But like, if that opportunity presented itself, I don't necessarily know if being prepared means having all the skills, being ready to take a bunch of three, maybe being prepared for me at that point just means being willing to do it. Because like I said, there's an energy. And as I would accept the idea of, okay, maybe I don't know all the answers to Brigham's questions, but I am willing to put myself out there. I'm willing to try this. And because I'm willing, I am prepared. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I I feel like your willingness is a huge part of your progress. If you're unwilling to to go and take that step into the dark, you're not going to be which able is to scary sometimes. Super which scary. Is scary. And yeah. people, that's where drifters get stuck. Brigham mm. is drifters stay in this no man's land of fear because they aren't willing to. Mm. Like my my older brother, he he bought this like oven to put in our backyard. He started buying dough, rolling his own dough. He started doing stuff that literally says, all right, you know what? I've never made pizza before, especially homemade. I don't care. I have the guts. I'm going to do it anyway, even though it's scary. We need to have that lack of fear that that rather we need to have that increase of faith in ourselves to just do it. Don't live on fear. Live on faith in ourself, in God, and whatever it is you want to believe in. Live on that faith. Living on faith is, is much more fun than living in fear. I, I love this <laughs> expression for fear. False evidence appearing real. Mm. That's what fear is. It's just these, these inexperienced uh, voices in our head saying, well, you better not do that. You don't, you don't want to go and you know, create that pizza business like your brother. And like, just turn to them and say, I'm going to do this. and I'm not listening to you. And right. that's okay. We don't have to be perfect. We just need to do and do it in alignment with our vision so preston thank you so much for over delivering giving oh, us dude. some great value i i love the the conversation it's been fun i love to reconnect with with awesome people and you're definitely an awesome guy uh we're we're friends for life my friend and we, we i mean we did newsies man 2019 it's so weird. i can't believe how long ago that was it feels like yesterday if they if they do newsies around here again let's let's go audition again <laughs> absolutely that was so fun do it again. Teddy roosevelt and you were one there of those, you go. those dancers that just rocked it. I think I might be got, too old. I might be too oh. old to be a young newsie still, but we'll see. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it depends on the on the cast, right? Right. That's all right. Well, no, I, bring I really do your questions, it. dude. Your questions were great. Mm-hmm. That's that's again what I'd say is everything is good questions, and you asked a ton. So thanks for offering me the chance and giving me the time. No problem. And, and Preston, so that we know how, how people can find you, your, uh, where you're yeah. going, what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about where people can find you on social media, uh, website, stuff like that. Go ahead. Yeah, please. Um, so driventobecome.com. That's where the events, that's where the booking for a coaching uh, session would be. I always do a free 15-minute coaching session to meet a person, ask those good questions, and see if we fit. So yeah, go on to driventobecome.com. That's the main place. I have Instagram becoming P harm. My nickname's P harm, but becoming P harm, uh, Preston Harmon, you can just search me that way, but yeah, those would be the two biggest ways driven to become becoming P harm. Find me, dude. Love to influence and help. Well, thank you so much for your, your energy and help today. It was a really great conversation and yeah, feel free to share this with as many people as you want. Absolutely. Have a great day guys. God bless. Peace.